Hi, this is Dean Miller, and welcome to episode three of Dean's List, my new podcast, which I'm very proud to say is doing pretty well. And I want to thank you all for listening out there and for checking in and listening to the stories and the weird thoughts that come out of my head. This week, I want to focus on a couple of really interesting stories. I actually did an informal poll on my social media and asked people if they would rather hear a story about Glenn Campbell or Johnny Cash. And I was really surprised by the answers. Glenn Campbell won overwhelmingly over Johnny Cash, and I really thought the opposite would happen. I'm not sure why I thought that, but I, I just thought more people would want to hear the Johnny Cash stories. But I guess there are a lot more Johnny Cash stories that are public than maybe some of the Glenn Campbell stories that may not be so well known. And I don't think my story is that well known at all. I don't, I don't know who's heard this story, but I'm going to get to that a little later. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about my life and my childhood. I've been kind of going a little bit chronologically. Of course, I, I've been jumping around a little bit, but I'm trying to kind of really fill in the details about what my life has been like so you can get a general idea of this weird, crazy show business childhood I had because it's full of weird, amazing things that I, I didn't think that the things that happened in my childhood were all that interesting until I got older and started telling people these stories. And my friends started saying, you should do a podcast or write a book or, or put these stories down somewhere. And uh, after a while, I started believing them. So here I am on Dean's List telling all these stories. So the first story I'm going to start with this week is about the time I learned the birds and the bees, okay? I promise you, I learned about the birds and the bees differently than any other kid you know about. First of all, I was in second grade when I learned about the birds and the bees, and I think that that is a little too young to be learning about human sexuality. I don't know about you, but my first classes in sex ed were like, what, sixth grade? Is that when everybody kind of starts getting sex ed? That seems right to me. Sixth grade, maybe seventh grade, but certainly not seven or eight years old when I was in second grade. That is just bizarre to me. But it, it came about in a really strange way. I found out about the birds and the bees because of Lou Rawls' son. Now, I don't know. Uh, do y'all remember who Lou Rawls is? You'll never find it'll take until the end of all time. That song is was huge, and that was Lou Rawls. And my, my favorite line in that song is when he goes, Someone who loves you tender like I do. You got to go back and check the song because he actually goes, I do. It sounds like he's having kind of a stroke or something, but it's it, that's really on the record. But I'm digressing. We lived in a neighborhood in California in the valley. We lived in Encino, kind of on the edge of Encino and Sherman Oaks, if you know Los Angeles. And there were a lot of sort of 70s celebrities that lived in our neighborhood. And I rode the school bus to school every day. And on our route, we would pass every day, we'd go past uh, the Jackson compound, you know, Michael Jackson's house. But at that time, it was the Jackson 5. And everybody would say, oh, that's where the Jackson 5 lived. And we lived down the street from Steve Allen. And I'm going to tell a Steve Allen story on another podcast episode. Other people who lived in our neighborhood were Lyle Wagner from uh, The Carol Burnett Show, Alan Ludden and Betty White, who were married to each other. Dick Clark lived in our neighborhood. We had to pick up his son on the school bus route, and he'd come out. I saw him come out with his son many times in his bathrobe. But one of the kids who rode the bus there was Lou Rawls' son. And Lou Rawls' son was a little bit older than the younger kids. I was with the seven and eight-year-olds in second grade, and we kind of sat near the back of the bus. You know, I look back, and they, they seem like giants 
at the time. They seemed like the, the big older kids. They were really probably fifth grade, maybe, <laughs> maybe sixth grade at the most. And they would come back to the back of the bus and, and pick on all the little kids. But they didn't pick on us in a bully kind of way. They were psychological bullies. So, for example, Lural's son taught us all how to, how to give the finger, right? And there's a way you give the finger that is with your knuckles folded back as opposed to just extending your finger. So he, he taught all the little seven and eight-year-olds how to give the finger. He also told us all to go ask our parents about Santa Claus. Now, at this point, if there are any kids listening, uh, it's time to leave the room or cover your ears. I found out from Lou Rawls' son that there is no Santa Claus. So I went home to my parents. I asked, you know, is Santa Claus real? And they were honest with me and they said no. And so basically I learned to give the finger and about Santa Claus from Lou Rawls' son. And then the biggest thing ever, one day Lou Rawls' son came to the back of the bus and he said, go ask your parents what F means. Except he didn't say F. We all know what we're talking about. It rhymes with duck. So here I am, seven, eight years old, little old naive, gullible me. I go home after school and we're all at dinner and I say, what does F mean? Except I didn't say F. And so of course there's the clatter of forks dropping and people gasping and my parents just freaked out and they said, okay, we'll, we'll talk to you about this later. We'll figure this out and we'll, we'll talk to you in a little bit. So after dinner, I go in the next room, I'm hanging out and I'm watching TV or whatever I'm doing. And my parents come in and they say, come into our room and we want to talk to you. So I go to my parents' bedroom. I sit on the edge of the bed. My mother stands on the other side of the room, kind of watching. And my dad sits next to me and he starts explaining to me about the birds and the bees. Okay. So here I am, seven, eight years old. My dad is telling me how sex works, okay? <laughs> so this is a potentially scarring moment of my life. My dad tells me what it is. You know, when a man loves a woman, this happens. And I burst into tears because <laughs> in my little mind, I thought, oh no, I'm going to have to do this. I was terrified. I thought the next day or the next week they were going to go make me do this with some girl. And I was terrified. So I burst into tears. My dad said, what the hell did I do? I don't know. What's wrong? And my mother came over and was comforting me and put her arm around me. I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And my dad said, you don't have to do this. But you're going to want to do this. Uh, little did I know he was right. You know, a little later in life, it turns out that I wanted to do this. But at seven, eight years old, it was terrifying to me. Just a horrifying concept. So I basically have Lural's son to thank for these huge life passages. I'm probably as street smart as I am today because of Lural's son. So thank you, Lural's son. I appreciate it. Wherever you are, thanks for the street knowledge. This is probably a really good moment in the show to take a pause and have our regularly scheduled segment called Shameless Plug. Shameless plug, shameless plug, I'm gonna make a shameless plug. Y'all wanna hear a shameless plug, cause I'm gonna make a shameless plug. I hope by now you've all had a chance to check out my new music from the album 1965, which is coming out in May. The single 1965 has been out for a few weeks now, and I have a new song I'm releasing the first week of May called The Will, The Way, and The Want To, and here's a little piece of it. She spins my head like a roulette wheel. I'd 
at the bank on the way I feel She's gonna turn my world upside down When the concrete blocks come tumbling down She's got a wall that's hard to break through I got the will, the way, and the want to full album will be out May 29th. I hope y'all will check it out and download it or stream it or steal it wherever music is found. I also am going to be selling hard copies of the album. So if you want one of those, I'll sign it for you and send it to you. But anyway, I hope you're enjoying the music. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. As I was saying earlier, I put a little poll on my Instagram and Facebook asking people if they'd rather hear a Johnny Cash story or a Glenn Campbell story. And I was surprised by the result because the overwhelming response was that people wanted to hear a Glenn Campbell story. And I thought that was uh, interesting because I I really thought Johnny Cash was going to win out on that one. But I have a really cool Glenn Campbell story for you. In 1978, my family moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico. My dad had had it with Los Angeles. He wanted to be in a place that was removed from L.A. and show business and all that stuff. And he took the whole family and we moved to an area just north of Santa Fe called Tesuki. And we lived in this great house that had a little bit of land around it, some horses, and there was a long dirt road, maybe a quarter mile, half mile, that went down to our front uh, gate, which met the, the main road. And every day after school, I would ride the school bus home. I was probably a freshman or sophomore in high school. And so I'd ride the bus out to this rural area, and they'd drop me off at the end of that road, and I'd walk up and go to our house. And we had a big front field in the front part of our property that, that bordered on the road and one day I got off the school bus and there was a helicopter parked in that front field and it was the weirdest sight ever you can only imagine what it looked like to have a helicopter parked in your front yard it was bizarre so I got up to the house and Glenn Campbell was there and he and my dad were really good friends and it turns out that Glenn was playing in Albuquerque which was about an hour south of Santa Fe and he leased a helicopter and a pilot and said fly me up to Roger Miller's house. And so he got directions from my dad and they followed the highway and then they followed the roads, uh, the country roads back to our house, but they got lost. So here's Glenn Campbell in a helicopter flying around Northern New Mexico, lost looking for Roger Miller's house. This I know sounds so bizarre, but it's absolutely 100% normal for what my childhood was like. So Glenn Campbell tells the pilot to land in this parking lot of this drugstore that's kind of near our house. So Glenn Campbell gets out of the helicopter and he goes inside this drugstore and he says, does anybody know where Roger Miller lives? Okay. So they all go, oh yeah, he lives down here, you know, and they go go left and then go right and then then, then his house is right there. Everybody in the area knew that my dad lived there, such a small community. And here's Glenn Campbell and he just needs directions and of course everybody knows how to tell him to get there. So (laughs) they get back in the helicopter they take off and they follow the directions follow the road like as if they're in a car and then they go back and they land in our front field and go up to the front door and so there was Glenn and my dad and they hung out for a while and spent some time and then Glenn flew back to Albuquerque and did his show so that is my Glenn Campbell helicopter story and I guarantee nobody out there has a story about Glenn Campbell landing their helicopter in the front yard I promise nobody else has had that happen to him 
So those are my big stories for today. Uh, it's amazing how time flies when we do these podcasts. I always sit down and I think 15 minutes is a long time to fill. And then before you know it, it's over. So I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. There's going to be one every week on Wednesday. If you have any suggestions or requests, just shoot me a DM at Instagram at Dean Miller Music or on my Facebook, Dean Miller Page or Twitter, <laughs> Dean Miller Music or anywhere you want to. Why don't you send me a note by Carrier Pigeon? I would really appreciate that because there's just too many portals to try to check for mail. But I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys checking in. I look forward to seeing you every week on Wednesday. I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay well. And I'll see you on the next episode of Dean's List. 